0: I don't know about you, but after Easter, Easter is a kind of a, we we build up to it, we spend a lot of time, and it was a wonderful Easter. Thank you so much for the sunrise service and the, the service here and all you folks being here last week. But we suffer, as pastors, we suffer the day after. Monday is kind of like, we call it, I call it Pastor Hangover Day. It's like, oh, man, we just had such a great time yesterday. Why can't every Sunday be like that and, and all this going on? And, and in a way, I'm thankful, selfishly, that not every Sunday's not like that because there was a lot to do, but, and you know that served. But there's that after effect. And again, I don't want to lose that in many ways, right? That excitement, that building up to the cross and, and Jesus. And again, we never want to lose that excitement. But what about afterwards? What about after Easter? But then as I was meditating on that a little bit, what about the disciples, right? Here they have, they spent three years with Jesus. They've been with him. They've given up everything. They've been going along. They've seen him crucified. They've seen him after the resurrection. they see him rose again. And then he leaves them, right? He leaves them again and goes back to heaven. And where does that leave them? And in many ways, where does that leave us? And so I'm going to tackle the big subject, partly this morning, of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at the Holy Spirit. So if you have brought your Bible, if not, I think I going to have it up there for me. But John chapter 14. Now bear in mind, there's a lot about the Holy Spirit. and We're going to look at a little portion of it this morning. But hopefully this will remind you as well that we have something at our disposal that we, quite frankly, probably don't use enough and we don't rely upon enough. And that is in the form of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pick it up in verse 15. And again, this is Jesus. He knows what's coming ahead. And he's telling his disciples, he's preparing them for what's yet to come. And so this is where the verses pick up in chapter uh, chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I have commanded. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, as to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That's key. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. I'm just going to stop there for a moment, but Jesus is preparing them, and he says, I know I'm going to believe in you, but I'm giving you a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. That spirit of truth. Again, that's an interesting phrase, that spirit of truth, because the Holy Spirit does that for us. It speaks truth within us. It lets us know about truth, but it also reveals truth. And also, if you've ever been reading the Scriptures, and and maybe you've read the passage ten times, and all of a sudden it pops out at you and it, it just connects with your heart and says, hey, this is for me. I don't know how God knew that, but he knew that I needed this verse today. And again, you may have glossed over it, or you may never have looked at that verse the same way. That's the spirit within you quite often working in you and showing you that God's got this. It's for you. It's for you today, and it's truth. You can accept that. Sometimes we have to accept things on, on faith, right? We don't always understand things, or we don't understand scriptures, or we don't always get what Jesus was meaning, or other writers in the Bible, but the spirit within us confirms it and says, hey, this is just truth, and I know this, and my, my knower of my knower, right? Again, the, the word counselor here, the, the Greek have kind of, the Greek word is, 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 is not vague, but it it has a couple different ranges of word and some folks, some translations use a different word there. I think the ESV uses helper. Um, the King, King, King James uses comforter. The NIV has chosen to use counselor. And There's been many debates about this. I knew one pastor that actually did a whole message on the two words and how you, we should be using comforter versus counselor. I'm pretty sure that's not what the Spirit was talking about in dividing that. But again, it's a range of words. But all of those words are certainly true about the Holy Spirit. And again, the disciples may not have realized, but in the Old Testament, the Spirit came on people and it left people. Right? It would come on for a period of time. It's not like this was something new that Jesus was teaching. He was bringing it along salvation. We're always saying it's going to be a change, though. Because as a believer, when we come to salvation, we get the Holy Spirit within us. That's a huge change. And it doesn't leave us. It stays within us. That's part of the gift. It's part of that teaching. Now, many of us say it would be great to have been with Jesus, right? To walk along and get that direct teaching. He says, no, nah, there's something even greater coming. I want to put the teacher within you. And that's the Holy Spirit. So that's a lot just to even trying to wrap your mind around. At least for me, that's a lot to, to even come around. But that's part of what Jesus is saying here. And then he, he changes the metaphor. He says, I'm not going to leave you like orphans. I'm not going to just leave you out all by yourself. I'm going to give you this His helper, to bring you along, to to lead you, to show you what to do next. Verse 20. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and that you are also in me, and I in you. Sounds kind of confusing in a way, but again, he's just connecting all the dots here. He says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him, And show myself to him. Again, that relationship. We talk about that over and over again, but it's so important to have that relationship with Jesus. And again, it starts at salvation, but that relationship is bigger than just Jesus. And again, we have to kind of again pull it out of our minds. It's with the Heavenly Father, it's with Jesus, and also the Holy Spirit. And walk working through life in that relationship. And again, it's a love relationship. Again, not that God's love changes, but our love changes, right? In a relationship, we're the ones that sometimes hurt the relationship. And we can do that in various ways. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But I just want to kind of clarify that that they're all equally involved in this relationship. And they want that relationship with you. Drop down with me a little bit to verse 25. It says, As this, I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name will, bring, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What a, what a closing statement there. What a, a kind of a, a great way to wrap it up. But he says, the counselor is going to be with you. He's going to remind you of things. And today, again, I, I say the same thing. Folks say, well, how do you memorize verses and things like that? And, and, and we struggle with that from time to time. But I've got to tell you this. i found this to be true. If I have never read a verse, I'm never going to remember it. But if I've read it, maybe I've read it long ago, but God brings it to the forefront. And when he does that, that's the Spirit bringing it forward. It's reminding me of those verses. I think it's the same way that Jesus is talking to his disciples. You'll remember these things as you see them unfold. You'll remember my teaching. And it's the same way with God's Word. If we don't ever read it the first time or multiple times, God can't use that in our lives, can't bring it forward. So he does that. Maybe some of you have read this passage and it's been a long time, and maybe this morning you're saying, oh, wow, I haven't read John in a long time. It was one of those things I read way back, but now he's bringing it to remembrance, right? Remember, he, Maybe you've heard teaching on this before. And certainly this last verse, if you're one that likes to underline things, this is probably one of those verses you might want to... Peace I give you. In your refrigerator, this would be one that would be good to memorize, right? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your tr- hearts be troubled and not be afraid. Again, that, that peace that the world can't understand. So many times you know, the, the world is searching for peace, right? And they're looking for all sorts of things to bring them peace. I'll never forget one time my, my, my son... In, His brother, were fighting in the car. And and, uh, Jared says, there'll be no peace in this family. Again, we were having a family. And 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 he's right. As long as we were all kind of pulling aside and and, and fighting among ourselves, there was just no peace. Again, this is a peace that goes beyond that. Beyond our circumstances, beyond what's going on around us, we can have that peace. Sometimes it's not always visible, but it's inside, right? That's part of what the Holy Spirit gives to us. It gives us that peace, to go through the tough times. So again, this is one of those verses you might want to gravitate to or hold on to. All right, I told you this is a big subject, so we're going to make another leap. So leap with me now to chapter 16. Not a big leap, but again, it's again about the Holy Spirit. So chapter 16, verse 5. Again, this is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. He's reminding them of what's yet to come. He's, he's trying to help them get ready and prepared for the cross and for him not being with them day in and day out. He says, Now I'm going to to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, Where are you going? Because I said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you, and if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of guilt, in regard to sin, and the righteousness of judgment in regard to sin. Because men do not believe in me in regard to righteousness. Because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Again, he's saying all that. He says that I'm not going to be here any longer. I'm Leaving you the counselor, but the world does not understand me. It does not recognize me. And we know the story as we looked at it last week, right? The Jews missed the boat. They did not recognize him as Lord and Savior, as the Messiah. They didn't recognize him. In today's world, if you go out in the workplace, I'm sure many of you in in your schools and places, many do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And so they're lost without that. And again, Jesus doesn't force himself upon us. We have to choose that. We have to make that decision, what we believe about Jesus and what he did on the cross. And So he says, unless I go away, you won't get the Holy Spirit. Again, he's trying to help them work through their grief and their process. Verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. I kind of feel like this message there's more than I can ever give you about the Holy Spirit. So I would encourage you to study it out yourself this week. Take some time. It'll take you a little while, but study about the Holy Spirit, just even looking up where it appears and the importance of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus even says that and says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All this that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Sounds really complicated. It sounds like it's kind of like going back and forth. But really what it means is that the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and Jesus are all perfectly in harmony. They're all in sync. They're not pulling you apart. They're not saying different messages. They're all working together. And so you can trust the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had that happen? The Holy Spirit tells you to do something. You can trust that. All right, I know this is from God. I know this is what he wants me to do. I need to take that step out in faith. Right? Taking that step, we don't have all the details. We don't know all the... Knowing within us, it's going to happen exactly, but we can make that step based on the Holy Spirit, knowing within us that this is what God wants us to do. Right, Relying upon the Holy Spirit. I think that as Christians, we sometimes fail to rely upon that. We kind of miss opportunities. I think we talked about in one of the, the men's group that I was with, one of the groups recently, we were talking about missed opportunities. I think it was Band of Brothers we were talking about it, right? We, we miss opportunities. God's given us an opportunity for a blessing or a reward, and we miss it because we didn't take that next step. We talked ourselves out of it. We listened to ourselves or we discouraged ourselves or justified ourselves for not doing what God wanted us to do. And that's just as bad as doing the wrong thing. That can be another thing. A fear can keep us from doing that. We don't don't rely upon God, but we rely upon our own fears. Afraid we're going to lose something, a relationship, or we're going to hurt someone's feelings, but yet God's telling us to do that. Step out. Quite often he has us step out of our comfort zone, and that's all part of it. All right, take another leap with me. Galatians chapter 5. I ain't got to make a leap here in my Bible because it's, it's a few pages out and it's a few years down the road, right? It's after the church. It's after um, Paul gets saved. It's after um, the writings. It's, it's almost, 30, almost 30, 40 years down the road. Paul writes this to the church in Galatia and about the Galatians who lived in a very pagan society. And again, he's writing to a church among the believers to encourage them to really... Live by the Spirit. I love what Alyssa said about, now we heard God's word, now we've got to put it into action. So here's the action part of it, right? The gift of the Holy Spirit we receive, that's free. God gives it to us as believers. We don't have to do anything for that. But now we have to listen to it. We have to put it into practice. We have to walk in step with the Spirit. Or as it starts off here, we have to live by the Spirit. So I chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. For the sinful nature, de- sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not ha- you do not what you want. Yeah, you do not do what you want, but you are led by the Spirit. You are now. You are not now under law. It's a conflict. It's a daily conflict, and sometimes it's a moment-by-moment conflict. Spirit, my own sinful nature. I often have said this. I think we give the devil way too much credit because really, I don't, the devil doesn't really even need to tempt me much. I can live by my sinful nature all on my own, and I tend to lean that way too much, and I need to get more focused on the spirit. But I often joke, too, about being bipolar being a believer is about as bipolar as you can get because these two are in opposite. The Spirit and my sinful nature. They go in opposite directions. And Paul is encouraging these folks here and in really encouraging us as well to live by the Spirit. Who do we listen to? Who do we listen to? Who do we follow? Do we follow the Spirit or do we give in to our sinful I can start. Like I said, it's not a day-by-day walk, but it's a moment-by-moment I can start off good in the morning, but boy, by noon I've blown it. Sometimes I don't even make it through, the, through coffee time and I've already blown it. But you know what the great thing is? I can ask for forgiveness, get back, start listening to the Spirit, and start again. I might make it to lunch. Sometimes I'll make it to lunch. Depends. But again, it's by living by the Spirit. And it's not only just not doing things, but it's also doing things. In fact, I have to kind of remind myself in my prayer in the morning, God, let me do only the things that you have called me to do today, nothing more, nothing less. I pray that in, in, in true reminder because sometimes I do things that Charlie wants to do or I think need to get done, and guess what? It's not what the Spirit told me. And you know what the outcome of that is? I'm tired, and I'm exhausted, and, and I don't feel like I was very productive And, and it's because I wasn't, because I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. I Not about you, but I can get so focused that I can shut out people, I can turn people off, and I can just be be like a I can run over people, be like a tank. But that's not what God's calling me to do. He's calling me live by the Spirit. And I wish I could tell you it's A, B, C, or D. There's none of those. It's truly living by the Spirit. Because it's different for you as it is for me. We're listening to the same spirit, but what he's got planned for your day is different than what he has planned for mine. And each one of you have that same call. So living by the Spirit, it's a struggle. And if that wasn't enough, he kind of gives us an example here, and he kind of uses some extremes. So just look at these extremes for a little bit here. These may sound familiar to you in verse 19. It says, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. Talk about a laundry list of, of dirt, right? Again, he's using the extreme. He's exaggerating. This is, this is as far as you can go. When you get trapped in these things, you have gone totally over to the sinful nature. There's nothing in that that is being led by the Spirit. You're off. You're way off. You're you're acting more like the world than the world even acts. You're 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 off course. And he says, "I'm warning you. Come back. This is not how you live." And, and you can look at this list and say, "Wow, well, this list isn't too hard to keep." But guess what? I told you this went to the extreme. Maybe if I bring it back a little bit, right? How about lying, gossip, those other things that we t- that tend to happen in our day? Those are in that same list. Can get in that. Same- this is not an exhaustive list by any means. But again, it's showing how far off we can get in that sinful nature. Don't want to hang there. But it is a reminder to us. These are the places, if we get that far off, we lose out. We're not what God wants us to do. I found a quote from Martin Luther, and I've, I've had it before, and I've used it before, and it's interesting. I don't quote people very often, but I like what Martin Luther said about this. He says that, it's one thing for a bird to land on your head, right? I can't control that, but I can control if it builds a nest on it. Kind of the same way with sin, right? Think about it from that perspective. I, I can allow sin, I can see sin, sin. Temptation is there, right? Temptation is there for sin. We, we have that temptation. But what I do with it from that point on becomes whether it becomes a sin or not. We see, you know, There's images, we are bombarded by temptation to sin. But what I do with it is vitally important. Do I let it in my life? Do I play with it? Do I hang on to it? Do I make it part of my life? Do I let it nest there? Or do I let it settle there? It's a great quote by Martin Luther. And again, it's a reminder. Be careful when it comes to sin. Don't have anything to do with it. Get away from it. So the opposite of that is, Here's the things that the spirit will help you with and things that the spirit will do for you. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against this thing there is no law. Who would not want this list? Right? Right? The world seeks after these things. They would would love to have these things, but guess what? They can't find it. So, looking in the wrong place. And again, it's, it's the Spirit that can give us these things, these supernatural things. You say, well, you know, anyone can love, right? Well, to a degree. But there's a love that goes beyond that. And again, in the context here, it's that love for, for people, for brothers and sisters in Christ, to happen in the church. Again, if you look at the, the definition of love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I, you can go back there and look at it. But love is patient, love is kind. Love is not self-seeking, keeps no records of wrong. That action of love. So it goes beyond just the the feeling to a deep love, to a love that you have for for people. A few years ago, I used to pray, God, just let me see people as you see them. Give me the eyes to see people as you see them. And then I had to change that prayer. I had to kind of step it up a notch, and some of you have heard this before, but I had to start praying, God, give me a love for people that you have. Because when I started seeing people as he sees them, that's, that's, that's a challenge for me. So, again, God's been working on that with me, and I still pray that prayer. God, give me that love. But these are the outpouring, these are some of the things that the Spirit has available to us if we only tap into it. You can have these things you can have love, you can have joy, you can have peace, you can have patience. Yes, patience. Dave, you mentioned that this morning. That was, that was very timely. But we can have patience in those areas when things are tough. And we, again, from time to time, we probably all struggle with, with patience. If not, I know there's a season that's coming when there's going to be a lot of tourists in the area and see how much patience you have. Get similar in Ticonderoga Street sometime, right? Yeah. I've heard about this. I know it's, it was kind of similar in Ticonderoga. I hear it's going to be that way here. But again, that puts your patience to a test, right? Driving, being around people. Being in a relationship sometimes takes a lot of patience, right? I'm having to show love and joy and patience with Joe this morning. He wore his jersey this morning, and that his team beat my Bruins last night, so, no, yeah. But I love Joe more than I do my team, and so that's not that hard, so I appreciate that. Joe also doesn't have any hair on his head, so he's not letting much nest up there. <laughs> Just get you back a little bit, just a little. It's all good. But these are the fruits of the Spirit. These are the things that come through. Kindness, right? Being kind to one another. Sometimes we, we struggle even with that. Goodness, doing good, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You could do a word study on all of those, and again, there's as much in Scripture about it. This is not an exhaustive list. But then it, he kind of wraps it up and says, against all these things, there is no law. Right? If the Spirit's in me and I'm operating in the Spirit, I'm doing these things, and guess what? I'm not going to be in trouble. I'm not going to break the law. I'm not going to be sinning against God. I'm going to be within His commands, and I'll be doing exactly what He wants me to do. And we have that available to us. Again, I, many times we just don't operate there. We don't use what God's given us. Just finishing out this section. It says, Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Again, how we use that in the relationship is important, right? I'm operating the Spirit. You must not be operating the Spirit because you don't agree with me. No, that's not what God's saying, right? That's an amazing thing. Among believers, so many times the Spirit connects us. And we have that connection with one another, and we're in agreement with one another. We may see things from a different angle, and I have some other elements, but in, in essence, we love each other enough, and we agree enough, and our spirits confirm that, hey, this is the right thing. It's that instant connection. Now, PJ and I have that real example, is when we came here, we felt connected to you folks from day one. And again, I appreciate some of you folks said that to us. And I, I really appreciated that. When we were flying back, we were like, hey, even if, if they don't call us to be pastor here and to, to move here, hey, this was a great church. We would come here. Uh, if we were visiting through, we'd stop by. This was a church that we would want to be a part of. And it was that instant connection because of the Spirit within inside of us. Because we didn't know you. and You didn't know us. And again, certainly those interviews weren't going to get to know us either. But again, hopefully and prayerfully, and we know this, the Spirit has connected us here and brought us here. And so we're thankful for that as well. let see what it says about living in the Spirit. And here's why I say it's step by step. It says being in step with the Spirit. And I think that's key to it. It's a moment-by-moment moment choice. Am I going to live by the Spirit or am I going to give in to my sinful nature? So that challenge comes, are we living in the Spirit? Are we allowing the Spirit to, to control our lives? Are we allowing the Spirit to lead us? Because if we are, We have the promise here and the the guarantee, even though things may be tough, the outpouring of that are going to be these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. I think I forgot goodness in there. I forgot the song that I used to sing in Sunday school, but all those things will be evident in our lives. So I just want to encourage you to rely upon the Holy Spirit, not only today, not only the next moment, but the rest of this week as well bow with me please oh heavenly father may you continue to do your work in our lives continue to help us to grow to grow in that relationship with you we thank you for the promise that you've given us through the holy spirit lord and we thank you for the work that you continue to do thank you for the fact that you continue to reveal truth to us lord Lord, may we be reminded of those things, Lord, in the upcoming weeks. And when we're dealing with with people and situations, Lord, that are beyond our control, lead us in that. And continue to do your work in and through each and every one of us. And Lord, I do pray that we have that fruit that's so evident in our lives, Lord, that we do have something that's greater than us living within us. That you would give us these gifts that you've promised. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.